Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And Jungberg, he's in again, pushed out by Bartes, Wilton! Henri, hit it first time and hit it wonderfully! Fabulous goal from Henri. No wonder Arsene Wenger's applauding. Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast with me, Dan Roebuck. On today's show, we're looking back at the genesis of our rivalry with Manchester United with the players who lived it. We'll be talking Vieira versus Keane, that Rube van Nistelrooy penalty miss, and Burkamp versus Schmeichel. Mark Bryan shares some of his memories covering the rivalry, but let's kick off with the Battle of Old Trafford. The 1990 brawl between us and Manchester United resulted and has been deducted two points by the Football League. Ultimately, it didn't cost us as we won the title by nine points. But that game was the catalyst for our rivalry with the Red Devils. Here's Nigel Winterburn and Anders Limpar recalling the incident and then David Hillier and Kevin Campbell talking about the aftermath. Nigel, he was just steaming in with the, with the tackle and... Uh... That was an awful tackle, actually. He should have a yellow or a red card. But when he was on the floor, I think it was Brian McClare who actually kicked him a couple of times in his back. And I saw red. I never hit the person in my life. So I just wanted to take Brian away from Nigel because he was kicking him on the floor. So I actually punched him, you know, in the shin. And the big brawl just uh, started. And... I was running like a scared chicken, you know, a scared rabbit or whatever. So Pauline grabbed me on the neck and just threw me into the crowd. And the big brawl started. I was involved in the tackle, wasn't I, with Dennis Irwin? But what went on after that, I've got to say, wasn't my fault because I was lying on the ground. I got a good couple of good little kicks in the back from a couple of the Man United players. And fair play to them because it was competitive. Listen, and uh, as I said to you, that... The incident with Brian McClare probably sparked all those things anyway. But it was just like, well, it's happened, just get on with it. And also, I think then when you get deducted points, George sort of said to us, you know, we've got to use this in our favour. It's almost as if everybody hates us, but can we still show them? And uh, yeah, we, we did show them. So in the end, it didn't really make any difference. So, Kev, that season 91, lots of things went on. We went lots of games unbeaten. We had lots of clean sheets. We had a bit of a brawl at Old Trafford. Yeah. So we'll start with that one, yeah. right, with the brawl. Yeah. I personally wasn't involved in the game. 
I weren't I'd involved. Travel. We, we travelled, but we actually weren't picked, weren't even on the bench. The funny thing about that squad is we knew we were tough. We knew what we were. I think that was probably the height of George Graham's powers with that squad. Mm. And to go to Old Trafford, you know, Manchester United, huge club, and to really take it to them was special. And obviously, they were targeting Anders and Nigel. And I think Nigel and Brian McClare didn't quite see eye to eye. And obviously, Anders scored the goal. But the talking point, obviously, was the kickoff. Yeah, the kickoff. But what stimulated that was our gaffer, George Graham, and we'll touch on him again in a minute about how he made us all a collective unit, camaraderie. He, if he said that word once a day, he said it a hundred times. Hundred times. Hundred times. Um, we always had to have each other's back, and he didn't mind us piling in. He was quite happy for us to back each other. It showed oh, yeah. how strong we were. Oh yeah. So we had the brawl mm -hmm. at United, and I think it's been out on YouTube a little bit. This clip, but the next day, next training session, stood us all outside at London Colney, and he didn't do this. For very often with us, I don't think, because we knew he had our back all the time anyway. He always used to say, I'll, I'll, I'll have a go at you in the dressing room, but not to the press. Yeah. But he, he had that speech with us. What was you feeling when you were standing? I know what I was feeling, and I was just looking up to the man in awe, thinking, you make us all feel so special yeah. by what you say. I don't know, what was you feeling? Well, I was feeling, you know, it's something he had to do, because obviously we got dock points. But when he was actually speaking, Obviously, we all knew it was wrong. It wasn't right to have a brawl like that. But I felt very proud, to be honest, because he was reading the right accent, was doing this with the paper in his hand. But I knew this is the type of squad and team he loved. Do you think there was a little bit of him inside just grinning, thinking, yeah. I've got them exactly in the position I, I want these boys to be in? I really do. I yeah. really believe. Yeah. I do. I got that impression that George Graham, he was reading us the right act, but he was bursting with pride. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. he really was bursting, yeah, bursting with, pride with pride because that is what the fans love. That's what we loved as players. You know, getting out there, winning games, and hopefully going to be champions. Mm. You know, that's a champion and, caliber and that, team. And that's the hard work that he put in to the youth team and reserves and first and all playing the same way. In 1999, Manchester United completed an historic treble. But it could have been very different had Dennis Bergkamp's FA Cup semi-final penalty been a few inches higher. The game against that menu, that semi-final, was... was yeah, when you talk about teams, the 98 season where we, um, it was our season, 12, 13 points behind, but we would still do what we were good at. And um, in the end, you get what you deserve, you know, you won the double. I think that season, the 99, was an Man United season. I think they won the treble. And uh, no matter what we were doing, they would do something better. So thinking about that, I, I a little bit, Peace with it that, uh, that I missed that penalty. But to be fair, it was the first time in my career I was really, really, really down for a few days. Really, that it took me a while to get going because uh, I think we were playing against 10 men. That was the chance for another trophy, yeah, for another success. And I was responsible for missing that penalty. So, yeah, I, I took that as well. But again, it's, it's a fantastic learning process. Looking back at that time, I was. I was ready to, uh, to stop football, for example, but it, it was really um, a good learning experience, and a good process after it, the days after it, to get back again and start doing uh, what, uh, what I wanted to do, and that's playing football. And as soon as you have your first training session on the pitch again, the next day or the day after, you just do again what you could at. You want to play football, you start thinking about football, and slowly that fades away, that penalty. And, it always in the back of my mind, of course, it was a great opportunity. But um, 
yeah, it, it fades away. And, and I remember at that time that you never know if you get another chance like that to get a trophy. And uh, yeah, as soon as you get another trophy, you completely forget about uh, what happened before. I think the cap was closing. I think we felt that as well as a team. Whereas in my first season, I felt that Man United was, um, you couldn't reach them. They were, they were a league of their own. We were closing the cap. And in 98, of course, we were on top of them. The next few years, we, uh, we struggled to, to get close to them, but we were closer than before. And um, yeah, you kept chasing that because we had the confidence as a club and as a team to chase them, to get bigger. And um, yeah, in the end it resulted in good things, but at that particular moment you, you felt like, okay, it's Man United, it's, it's a big club, but we're getting there, we're really getting there. And uh, there was a reason to drive us on, to keep going. Let's hear from another Arsenal insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Well, I'm pleased to say, talking about the Arsenal-Manchester United rivalry, Mark Mann-Bryant of the Press Association is with me. Uh, Mark, this is a, a rivalry, really, that, yes, had been going for quite some time at a certain level in, over the course of the 70s, 80s and 90s, but it was the Premier League era, really, that kicked it off. It was Arsene Wenger versus Sir Alex Ferguson. This is where most of us believe that the Arsenal-Manchester United rivalry really got to that top level. Yeah, it's a very good point. I mean, there was two fantastic managers with two fantastic teams for going head-to-head -head for the title for so many years. We don't see that now as much because there are four or five teams capable of winning the league, but for a very long time it was those two games every season almost decided where the title was going to go. So, obviously, over the time there was an animosity not only between the managers but between the players and supporters that built up and built up and built up. I mean, today it might not have the same gravitas, but I think that recent history still plays a big part in it being one of the biggest games in the Premier League. I guess at the start of Manchester United's glory years in the Premier League, Arsenal probably weren't a factor. And when Arsene Wenger first came to the club, I think that Sir Alex Ferguson afforded him quite a bit of respect. But that soon deteriorated a little bit, didn't it? Because I think Fergie knew that Arsene Wenger was the real deal. Of course, yeah. I mean, within his first year, first full season, he'd won the league and taken it away from Manchester United, who, the Blackburn season aside, had been so dominant in that Premier League era. There's a really famous interview with Sir Alex Ferguson where he talks about the fact that Wenger was coming in from Japan and almost deriding that fact. But then actually, you go to that game, Mark Overmore scoring at Old Trafford, and you know he's arrived and he's ruffled Ferguson's feathers, that's for sure. 97-98, wasn't it? That was the first big splash, and that game up at Old Trafford, every Arsenal fan remembers it, don't they? Yeah, I imagine, like I say, it's, it's one that really showed that they'd arrived a lot quicker than I think a lot of people, probably even Arsenal fans, would have expected. You know, Arsene came in and got them playing a completely different way. We, you know, there's reams and reams talking about how he changed the diets and everything, but normally those things take time, but he got hit the ground running and, and wrestled it away from United. Do you think that Sir Alex Ferguson as well was a little bit surprised about not just the way Arsenal played, but the way that physically they could match up against Manchester United? Because in the Premier League era, maybe for the first few years when United was steamrolling sides, there weren't really teams that would stand up physically to United and suddenly there was Petit and Vieira in Arsenal's midfield and the dynamic changed a little bit about how teams took on Manchester United. I think so, yeah, that first Arsene Wenger team, if you like, was, was all-powerful, wasn't it? That change over the years, he went for the smaller players that could play football, but that first one was, was all about power and strength and also 
I suppose strength mentally as well as physically. They're a team that didn't like to lose, and when they did, they always seemed to bounce back. And other teams would always fall by the wayside, but those two would always rise to the top. We always remember Keane versus Vieira in the mid noughties What are your memories of seeing those two players lock horns? I think the um, the tunnel in the tunnel before the game that was fantastic. When I think Vieira had, had a few words with Gary Neville, and Roy Keane Roy Keane stepped up and said on something along the lines of "pick on someone your own size," which is quite strange given he was staring up at him when he said it but you know it's two combative midfielders that were that played for pride as well as to win things and I think that the battle between them almost was a microcosm of, of the entire rivalry between Ferguson and Wenger and also Arsenal and Manchester United. At that stage it was Sir Alex Ferguson's second third team if you like it was Arsenal Wenger's second as well I mean these two teams going head to head for that's such a, a long stretch of the Premier League. I mean, you know, it hasn't really happened previously in the old First Division. It's not really happened since, has it, really, that sustained rivalry over a, a decade or more? No, I agree, and I think that's why there's probably a generation of Arsenal and Manchester United fans who they remain, if you like, the biggest rival because they remember those games, as we said earlier on. They were the games of the season that you looked out for at the start of the season. You didn't look at necessarily when you were playing Tottenham or Liverpool for the two respective clubs, but it was when are we going to be playing United because that could determine whether we win the league or not. Are you amazed that it went on for so long and there was teams that Sir Alex Ferguson and Arsene Wenger both managed to churn out? I mean, could you imagine it happening again? I don't think so. No, I think it's the rivalry almost mirrors how long those two stayed in their jobs and a lot of it was to do with those two coming up against each other. I mean... I know we saw at the end of last season the clash between the two when Arsene was leaving and Sir Alex came out and presented him and then when Sir Alex fell ill, Arsene Wenger spoke very well of him. So there's obviously was always a begrudging respect that didn't really blossom until Sir Alex had stepped back. But I think yeah, I think that what basically happened was they were at the top of their game, the players were at the top of theirs. It just pushed the whole rivalry on for so many years. How's it changed then over the last few years? Is it simply because we haven't got Sir Alex and obviously now we haven't got Arsene Wenger as well in a dugout? Is it, why has it changed? How has it changed? I think that, that's a bit of it, but I think you've also got to add in we've now got we saw Chelsea emerge, we see Manchester City emerge. This season we've got Liverpool up there, Tottenham you'll have to put in there as well. So whilst we still enjoy those big games, there are a lot more of them than there were 10, 15 years ago when, when there were only three or four a season that could be title-defining. Now there almost seems to be one every other week, doesn't it? It seems to me as well that Arsenal have coped a little bit better with Arsene Wenger leaving the club. I know that people would suggest that Arsenal started from a lower position than Manchester United who had just won the title and then Sir Alex Ferguson uh, retired but United seemingly have got it wrong in lots of ways and Arsenal I know it's early days but hopefully we've put it right a little quicker is that fair? Well I think if you look at the recruitment process for both it was completely chalk and cheese Sir Alex Ferguson handpicked David Moyes his successor I don't really think anyone else would have had much of a say in that whereas Arsenal went through quite a rigorous method to find Unai Emery and at the moment I mean, it's still early days as you say but they've got off to a better start than United did with Moyes and post Sir Alex so. Is this rivalry going to last forever? Wherever Spurs are in the table, Arsenal-Spurs is always going to be a rivalry because it's local. Wherever Manchester United are in the table, is it still going to be a big game, do you think? Whereas maybe 30, 40 years ago, it might not have been because of what happened in that era between Arsene Wenger and Sir Alex Ferguson. Is it always going to be one that we look out for? It doesn't matter where the two teams are in the table. I think so. I think the amount of trophies between the two teams would always always respect that it became a big game. You know, It might not be the game that it was, but... They'll always look to each other and, and think, you know, we want to go out there and win this game because they're the two most successful teams in FA Cup history. I don't think that should go unnoticed. And, yeah, the rivalry, although it might not lead instantly to trophies in the future or it might fall down the pecking order of who they're playing, I think both sets of fans would still 
be it would be one of the games they highlighted as what they were looking forward to most seasons. And finally, when it comes to this season, who's closer to making the breakthrough? Maybe not for a league title, but maybe to get some silver. Who do you think is better placed to have a better season? And where would your money be if you had to say, right, when it comes to silverware, Manchester United or Arsenal, who might be the team that can say, yeah, we're the most successful in the 18-19 campaign? I think you look at just purely on results at the moment, Arsenal have put together such a good run of unbeaten form. Manchester United are quite hit and miss, but then I almost think you can never write Jose Mourinho off. I don't think he's got many detractors, but he always seems to deliver silverware. So I'd say maybe a bit of an even keel at the minute of sitting on the fence is OK. But I think Arsenal have started well. I think to return to the top four to them would be a superb first season for Unai Emery. Whether he could add the Europa League or the League Cup to that would be a great achievement. I think, as you say, I think the Premier League's stepped too far away from the moment. Mark, thanks for joining us. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We just heard from Mark Bryans of the Press Association there. Here are Thierry Henry's thoughts on our rivalry with United and how he thought the press sometimes blew the game out of proportions. You know what? We always, as player, we always tried to, like, explain to people that there is a big respect. We, every player, Arsenal players, had a lot of respect for Man United, and I'm sure it was the same on Nova Camp. But every time the press was saying that Arsenal said something about Ferguson, and Ferguson said something about Arsenal, and then they were making it like, you know, the big game, which is at the time was, because we were competing every time to win the league or not, but apart from that, you know, feeling that day or or whatever, which is for me was more of a shoving, pushing, then they made it like a fight. I didn't see anyone fighting with anyone, I mean, whatever. I would say it was like a rivalry, a big one, but with a lot of respect. Because I'm sure that Man United side with Ferguson had a lot of respect for us, and we had a lot of respect for them. But I mean, when the game was on, you know, I mean, you're, you're always going to remember that face-off with uh, Patrick and Roy Keane and, and, and the battles and and the Martin and Von Nistelrooy and, and the rest. Uh, but in a way, it was still kind of respectful. If you beat them, 
it's okay, but if you can win the league without beating them, I didn't mind. My last season at Arsenal, we beat them home and away, and we finished 17 points behind. So I, I'm sure they didn't really mind. At the end of the day, if you leave the trophy, that's the most important thing. I would like to say that for the fans, and it was beyond the title with Arsenal and Man United, it was like beating Man U, you know, and, and I'm sure it was for them beating us. Uh, and then let's see about the title after, which is at the end of the day, when you were playing Man U, the three points were, were really important because, you, you know, it could have turned out to be a six point because you're stopping them of getting free and you're getting free yourself. So, you know, the, that's a gap you can... Uh, you could have had, but um, it was really a matter of, of beating them. I would like to say that's totally different now, but when you had Patrick Vera and Roy Keane, I mean, I think people were watching the game only for that sometime, just to see the tackles flying and, and what Patrick was going to do and what Roy Keane was going to do and what Martin was going to do and, and who was going to kick who and, and whatever, you know, we had some great football games, we had some great battles, and, but it was always good and fair. For me, I mean, after they were, I mean, the press was always going to say, oh, that, you see, that tackle or whatever, or whatever, but I don't remember really a fight, a proper fight. I mean, that thing that when they gave Lauren, I don't know how much money and fine and how many games, and Martin, Martin just jumped, went down, and Lauren just shoved, and Ray Paolo, they just shoved the Ruth Van Nistelrooy. I mean, it's not something that you should do, but it wasn't, you know, like... Uh, a scary tackle from behind or breaking legs or, you know, it wasn't like that when we were playing there. Patrick Vieira and Roy Keane epitomised the battle between us and Manchester United in the Premier League era. Here's Patrick looking back on that rivalry. You know, when something like that happened, I didn't have time to think about nothing. It just came out and I just take it and he went in the top corner and... Um, and he was like, yeah, it was a fantastic goal, and I keep watching it sometimes. Not happen all the time, so I keep enjoying it, you know. Adams trying to get free at the near post. Berg got ahead to it. Fiera! Oh! It flew in! Patrick Fiera! Schmeichel, perhaps surprised by the shot. Certainly the pace of it, it went... Up and over him, and in off the bar. Stupid injury. Yeah, you can see that I'm not used to score. So I was trying to go on my knees, and uh, and the pitch was a bit not dry, but I don't know how to slice. So my knee just blocked, and uh, just the ligament damaged the ligament. It was uh, it was a good win, and I think this win gave us the belief that we can go and win the league, because. Um, yeah, the start of the season wasn't that good, but we were feeling strong, though. We knew that we could do it. But beating United at home 3-1, the way we did it, with uh, David Platt, who scored as well, that was, I think, the key moment at that period. I really enjoy playing against them, and, um, and because they are, they've been at the top for quite a long time. And to be honest, they may be the best team in England in the last 20 years. And you always want to beat the best. So, especially here in Manchester, there is always a rivalry between the two clubs. One club used to win, one don't use. And look like he may get a chance, or we are really close to United now. So, it's frustration as well. Frustration. I think maybe the Premiership wanted it as well. Everybody create 
this kind of uh, atmosphere between the two teams, between the two players. But I enjoy it. I really enjoy it. Here's another test for United's defence, which has been resolute of late. Too much. Keane biting in. And Keane running on. And Roy Keane equalises for Manchester United. I knew how good he was. I know how important he was for the team. And I was looking forward to respond. I was looking forward to be ready for his challenge. Or, and I was getting ready to stand for myself and for the team as well. But I never focus about how challenge one against the other ones. Never. I never had a chance to meet him outside the game, uh, but he's somebody that I really uh, respect. Somebody I will, uh, if I see him somewhere, I will go to say hi, I will go to check his hand because he's somebody I respect. Yeah. Arsenal are the champions! They've taken the title away from Manchester United. They've done it here at Old Trafford and they have done the double. The game I love really is the one when we win the league at Manchester because always a rivalry between the two clubs and uh, winning the league there something really special. We really wanted to do it so bad and uh, of course they knew that we was going to win the league but they was thinking now they will win it but not here and we were going to say, yeah, we were going to win it but here. So it was really but we did it and what a pleasure after the game. Our fans stayed there for hours singing and uh, we went there to celebrate. It was a fantastic moment. He's done it this time! What an extraordinary way to win the title. When an irresistible force meets an old immovable object, something's got to give. Roebuck versus. Yes, this is the part of the podcast that is Roebuck versus. It is myself, Dan Roebuck, with a quiz, hopefully uh, beating my opponent, who today is Arsenal commentator Tim Peters. Tim, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Confident with the quiz? I, I really need to beat you. Uh, you. Well, most people, unfortunately, do at the moment. Uh, Liam is our quiz master, as per usual. Liam, what have you got for us this week? So, we're talking about the Manchester United rivalry. Big rivalry over the years. Lots of famous moments. I'm going to give you a famous moment from the rivalry, and I want you to tell me the year okay. that it happened. So just the year? Just the year. What have we got, five each? Five each. Okay. Um, some of them are going to be multiple choice, because some are really difficult, but okay. others are really well, famous. Well, you say they're you really difficult, but, you know, we might be able to... Dad, I think we've established you in this quiz. <laughs> Everything is very difficult, so um, I started making these easier just to get the quiz going longer. <laughs> okay, yeah, some of them have been very short. Pass on apologies to our thousands of listeners. Um... Okay, who's going to go first? Uh, Tim, you can go first. Oh, come on, okay. Give it up already, I love it. Okay, so your first one, Tim, is the Battle of Old Trafford, the famous brawl, the 21-man brawl. um, I should know this. I'm in trouble already here. (laughs) Do you Uh, you not get a multiple choice for that one? No, this is really famous. Is it? It's really famous, it's less than 30 years old, so... 2000. It's 1990. Yeah, 1990s, years, years ago. This is years ago. This is where both teams got points deducted. Indeed. I think Arsenal got two and Man United got one. Yeah. Arsenal still well, win the title. They did, yes. yeah. Can I just say that I deliberately, to put Dan into a false sense of security... You didn't have to do that, trust me. Yeah. 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 
that's so so not from one for you. Yeah, I would have had a better guess than that one, but I wouldn't have got 1990. Anyway, so Thierry Henry's famous flick up and volley over oh, Barthez. Oh, what a great goal! What a great goal that was. The year was two. I want to say two thousand. I'm going to go two thousand. Correct. Yes. Oh no no no! Come on! Sensational Didn't from even me. need multiple that choice. That is absolutely that, brilliant that, for me. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Can't believe we got one right, Tim. <laughs> the five minute FA Cup final. Oh, come on, come on, man! That's so easy. The five minute final. It was 2-0 going into the 85th minute. Come on, the five-minute final. United got two very quick goals and then straight from kickoff. Oh, no, this is the Alan Sunderland Correct. winning goal. Sunderland winner. 1979? Correct. Yes. See, I'm back. I'm back. One from two. Dan, this will be a multiple choice. Okay, good. So the first ever meeting between the two. So was it 1895, 1897 or 1899? Oh, this is a real guess. 1897. It was 1899. Oh. Yes. Let's give Tim a multiple choice now. Thank you. The first ever top flight meeting. Was it 1906, 1907 or 1908? I'm fairly confident with this one. It's 1907. It's 1906. So what's that? One from three. One all. Dan, the last time they met in the FA Cup was just a couple of years ago when Nacho Manreal scored up at... Old Trafford uh, and Arsenal went on to win the trophy. Danny Welbeck scored as well, I think. Quarter final, wasn't it? It was a quarter final. Uh, Nacho spoke to us after the game in the. Uh, oh, stop buying time. Uh, <laughs> and that must have been 2015. Correct. Yes. Oh, no. Two from Tim. three, one from three. So I'm, I'm in front. Tim, the Roy Keane Patrick Vieira tunnel bust up. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. 19. 90... It's a podcast. There's no visual Eight. Scene. It's 2005. 2005, mate. What's wrong with me? What's wrong yeah, with me? As late as I, I would have gone earlier. Anyway. Okay. So this to win. This to win. Yeah. This to win this the quiz. This to win. This to win. This to make it three. Yeah. Yeah. Win. Three one with one to play each. So another multiple choice. Yeah. Our biggest win against Manchester United. Yeah. It was 5-1. Yeah. What year was it? Was it 1961, 1971 or 1981? I've got one year which is hitting me literally in the forehead. Okay. And that year is 1977. Correct. Oh, God. Is that 2-2? Two, two? It's 2 all, but you... I can win it with this. Yeah. Have you got any more questions after this? No, I have not. <laughs> can we have a tie? No, we cannot. All right. Ian Wright's yeah. first goal yeah. for us yeah. against Manchester United in all competitions. Yeah. No multiple choice. <laughs> oh, must have been something. And I'm going to look up a like a quick tiebreak because like it must have been something like 1993. Chase pulled it out of the bag. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's no, in the charity shield. It's 1993. What? Get in there. Three, two, done, Robot. Three, two. Thank you very much. Very much back on form, Tim. You've been good, but not that good. Not, not good enough. No, I wish you well for the future. No, you don't. <laughs>
It was not an easy game. You're at Arsenal Football Club, it's going to be big pressure. Take the positives and, you know, look at the next game. I think we showed great determination. At the end of the day, we're able to get a result. Get behind each other and stick together. In the end, uh, it's, it's something that's going to give you points. The final word. The final word this week belongs to Martin Keown with his thoughts on an infamous moment in our invincible season. Well, every time we beat Man United in the Charity Shield, Sir Alex Ferguson always told us it didn't matter. It had no reflection on the season. So if we lost one who was really bothered, and he was right. You know, you just have to put that to one side, like to win every trophy we can, but do you rather win a charity shield or would you want to win the Premier League at the end of it? It's about how you finish, not, not necessarily how you start. So, and in that pre-season, with internationals, with uh, World Cups, whatever they were, it, there was hardly any time to prepare anyway, so it was very difficult to give any kind of barometer as to where you were going to end up in the season. I don't think we were ever underdogs in that period going to Manchester United. And I think they knew that. There was never any fear going to play at Old Trafford. It was actually, once the game started, it was, it was great. But you just could, us against them, without the manager really, you know, uh, Sorex couldn't play. You always felt though when you played Man United, you were having to play against him as, as much as his team. Uh, that was a fact. But he wasn't able to step out on the pitch, so that was a relief, you know, we could just get on with it. I think that day, you know, we all know what happened. It sort of the game sort of exploded into life. Patrick Vieira was sent off. Um, we knew that Van Nistelrooy had a sort of framed injury, and it was like the Alamo. All of a sudden, they were coming at us from all angles. Uh, I've given a penalty away, which may be dubious. I saw it the other day. Actually, I was a bit slow to react, and then he misses. And um, I think we just, you know, we gave it to Van Nistelrooy because. We just felt that we wouldn't have been in that situation if Patrick had been sent off. It was a comfortable afternoon of football and it was going to be a valuable point and it looked like it was going to be snatched away. If I step off the train or out of a car into Manchester, the fans remind me, say you're out of order, completely out of order. For the fabric of the game and the young kids watching, not ideal behaviour. For the Arsenal fans, they probably loved every minute of it. My wife very famously said, I think you've gone and done it now when I rang back home and she'd always supported me all the way through. She's probably a better judge than me. I think there was a feeling with myself that, you know, now as the senior player, when the dust had settled, that I'd kind of like, maybe the club expected better and um, should have behaved in a more dignified way. But this was sort of pent-up aggression over a, a number of years. And I didn't want to let that group down. I didn't want people to point at me and say, you know, you've come in to play this game. So Campbell, I think, had lost his father. I was playing through that period. I didn't want to let anyone down and suddenly this was, I was off the hook, he'd missed. So I overreacted, but there was a history with that player. Um, yes, it was unfortunate and we shouldn't have behaved in that way, but you can't take it back. And it was really, if you look back, it was a defining moment where the record stands. And I think we knew even then that you get something at Man United and you, know, you could go the whole way and win the league. There was this great deal of relief that, uh, that the penalty I gave away didn't scupper that chance to go on being for a whole season. I prefer to look at the good things that I was bringing to the table as opposed to that. I'm not even sure it was a penalty anyway. Um, but as I say, you say it started with a penalty. He didn't start with a penalty. He started with sending off. And that was very much in our minds when uh, we missed the penalty. Well, that's full time on today's pod. Thanks to all of our contributors. You can help us out by subscribing to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts to make sure you never miss an episode. And while you're there, why not leave us a review and rating? 
On the next episode, we'll be taking a look at Arsenal's French connection. Until then, bye for now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.